us. Wow, is he with us. All right, uh, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. You have it say, praise the Lord. <clears throat> my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you right now. We ask your blessing to be upon the reading of your holy word. We give you all the glory and the honor and the praise and the worship. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. All right, you will remember uh, last Wednesday we were in the 8th and ninth chapter of the book of Proverbs. Uh, we finished talking to you about paths and uh, Proverbs chapter 1 through chapter 9 is basically dealing with those paths you'll see this metaphor is brought up over and over and over these different paths that a person can take now there is a path that is straight it's narrow it's well lit it doesn't have a bunch of traps and snares and problems in it if you go that path it's the path that lives for the Lord that follows his word that serves his uh, kingdom or you can choose the other path which is the path of foolishness and that path is a path that's crooked it's twisted it's got snares and traps and all kinds of problems and troubles in that path it, it just that's just the way it is and so <clears throat> what we saw is that the Father, chapter 1 through 9, and Lady Wisdom is teaching through those chapters, those nine chapters, uh, and encouraging the Son. It's not really gender-specific when we talk about preaching the Word of God. It's for all of us that a father teaching a son. It can be a physical father, a literal father. It could be a spiritual father. For sure, it's God, the Heavenly Father, that is teaching us to stay on that straight and narrow path that serves the Lord, that worships the Lord. It is encouraging you to be a true worshiper of Jesus Christ. And then we have Lady Folly, on the other hand. Her invitation is to come into her house, you know, the opposite of Lady Wisdom, which she's public and she's in the high place and she's crying out for people to come. And hear the Word of God, the instruction of the Word of God, and turn in there and have a deeper relationship with the Lord. But then you have Lady Folly. Now, she's not public. Everything she does, she does behind the back. Everything she does, she does in secret. Okay? And uh, so she's all about being secret. She's all about departing from the true worship of the living God. She's about alluring you away from your walk with God, seeking to seduce you and turn you away from serving the true and living God, amen, and to become an idolater, basically, and following her instructions. She is a prostitute, not only in the book of Proverbs, literally, 
but she is a prostitute spiritually. She represents those prostitutes in the high places, the temples that were set up, the false worship of Baal. Prostitutes were connected to that false worship. So she's known as the strange woman. But she's always going to come uh, to seek to turn you away from the right path, to turn you to, uh, away from God and your relationship with God and uh, get you to serve your own craziness and foolishness. And if you do that, it's going to be a path that's going to lead you straight to death. If you serve God and you accept the invitation from Lady Wisdom, it's a path that ultimately will lead you into eternal life. And so now when we come to chapter 2 of the Proverbs, we're going to see this path is spoken of, these different contrasting paths. Uh, first of all, let me explain to you what a proverb is. Proverb is a very short statement that's made. It's real catchy. It'll catch your attention. It's short, to the point, but it's long on experience. That means it's been tested over a period of time. Okay? Are y'all with me? Do you understand? Uh, a proverb is an admonition. It means it admonishes you to do something. It also sometimes comes with a prohibition. It says, don't do this. Okay? And there often there's comparisons that are made in Proverbs. You know, this is compared to that, and so on and so forth. And uh, so the, the book of Proverbs is really powerful. It gives you wisdom. It gives you, practically speaking, the ability to have social skills, to know how to live life. And a lot of people, they may have a lot of brains, intellect, but they don't know how to live life because they don't have wisdom. So wisdom teaches you how to live lives, gives you social skills. Amen. Practically speaking. Wisdom also teaches you how to be a good person. To be righteous. Amen. To be a righteous person. And then number three, theologically, it teaches you to follow the Lord, to fear God, which is the highest level of wisdom. Amen. So let's look at it right here. Uh, chapter two, again, the father is speaking to the son. So when I preach it this way, I'll read it to you. My son, don't think that I'm just talking to the men. Okay, this is, this is for all of us. It just so happens that it starts out that way. Uh, father speaking to the son. Notice it says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. Now that's exactly what we shared with you before. Remember Lady Wisdom was crying out? That high place in her palace had seven pillars. She's crying out to the men who passed by. And anybody who's willing to listen could come in and sit down at her table and fellowship and enter into a deeper relationship with her, which is a picture of being in a deeper relationship with the Lord. But I told you before that you have to receive it. And you have to respond to it. So in one sense, wisdom is it's readily available to you. Okay? It's public. It's God wants you to know. God wants to give you uh, the ability to know what to do, when to do it, how to do it, what emotion to have when you're going through certain things. On what level emotion are you supposed to have? He wants you to have that ability to live life and to be successful in your life as a human being and in your relationship with God. Ultimately, that's what He wants. But that isn't an easy world to take. It takes effort to get wisdom. Even though it's available to you and it's public, you can receive it, you still have to apply yourself to learn. 
You have to apply yourself to wisdom. It's not just going to come to you. You got to you got to spend time receiving and digging for it like you dig for gold or silver. It it does take effort. Now, I'm thinking about an older gentleman went to a minister of the word of God who had been preaching for years. He'd been studying the word of God for 50 years. And this old gentleman heard this old preacher preach, had a tremendous knowledge of the word of God. And this old man walked up uh, to the minister. He said, I wish I could know the Word of God like that. I wish I could know the Word of God like that. And that minister looked at him and he said, You never will. And that might shock you that that minister would say, You never will. He said, and let me explain what I mean. He said, Because it took me 50 years to know the Word of God like I know the Word of God. And you're an old man now. You don't have 50 years left. So you'll never, he, the minister said, you'll never know the Word of God like that because I've been studying for 50 years. So the point, and then he looked at him and he said, so just get started right now. Even though you might not gain the knowledge that I have that took me 50 years to get, start right now and get what you can. Because it, it does take a lot of effort on your part to be a wise person. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, so look at it. The first uh, few verses then talks about how hard wisdom is to get. First five verses. My son or my daughter, if thou will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. Number one thing you got to do is you have to receive the word that God speaks to you. So a lot of people don't want to hear the word of God. They don't want to receive the word of God. They close their ears to it. So you have to be willing to receive it. Then the Bible says, hide the commandments with thee. You're going to respond to the Word. You receive the Word of God and then you respond to it. That means you're going to do something with what direction you have received. Amen. Now, even over the weekend, you know, God gave me a word of wisdom uh, for, you know, some different people I spoke to. And uh, then I came home and the very wisdom that I gave to them I found out I'm going to have to walk in that wisdom. Amen. You see. So it's one of them things that once God gives you a word of wisdom or direction about something in life, uh, then you, when you get it, you'll just say, okay, just throw it away. You gotta, you gotta do something with it. All right. So the situation came up in my life now and, and I'm going to have to walk in the counsel that I've given other people. So that's just the way it is, praise the Lord. But I'm willing to, and I know you're willing to as well, to receive the Word of God and then to you know, respond to it when you hear it. Uh, hide my commandments with thee. Hide them. Put them. He'll go on and say later, put them in your heart. Just don't put them in your mind. You've got to put them in your heart. They've got to be with you at all times. Amen. Verse 2, So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply thine heart to understanding. Okay, so get wisdom. Get the wisdom of God. It means the way, the right path. What is the right path? What do I do here? How do I do this? How, what emotion should I have here? You know, the ways of God, basically. So he tells me here that I need to get that wisdom. And I need to apply my heart to understanding. What's understanding? Anybody know what understanding is? 
See, sometimes we take for granted we know what it means, but we really don't, do we? You know what understanding means? And you'll see in this chapter, understanding is mentioned many times. It's mentioned in verse 2, in verse 3, verse 5, verse 6, verse 9, just to mention a few times. Over and over and over, that word understanding is mentioned in this passage. So we are to go after wisdom and understanding. What is understanding? Well, the Hebrew word bina, it means that we have to be, have the ability to know the difference between right and wrong. The right and wrong of any given situation that you're facing. Okay? So something comes up, and it comes up, and you say, okay, that's right, that's wrong. And not everybody has that ability to know the difference between right and wrong. So you and I have to be seeking after wisdom. We also have to be seeking after understanding. Praise the Lord. Right? What spirit is it of? Not just the right and the wrong of something, but what is the spirit that's driving that thing? What's behind that, that situation in life? That's a very powerful thing. A lot of people don't understand the spirits that, that drive situations in your life. So you might be able to have this, the ability to say, okay, I think that's wrong. I, I believe that's right. But you don't understand what spirit drives those things. Now, if it's right, you know God's driving it. You know. But if it's not right, there's something else driving it. It could be an ideology, a philosophy of man. You know. It could be a spirit that's coming to you. you got to know, you got to have the ability to discern. It's discernment. Okay, so verse 2, So that thou incline thine ear into wisdom, and apply thy heart to understanding. Verse 3, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, knowledge of what kind? Knowledge of God. Crying out, that means you're praying. Okay, so you're, you're, you're receiving the Word of God, you're responding to it, you're putting it in your heart. Amen. You're praying for it, you're asking God. God, give me wisdom, because I don't know what to do here. I, I don't know how to look at this situation. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. You know, I'm confused, Lord. Lord, And God is not the author of confusion. You just say, God, I don't, I'm confused. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's behind this. I don't know where this is coming from, you know. And the Bible says God will give you that wisdom if you'll ask Him for it. See, now, God will never come down to your unbelief. But he will come down if you don't understand. So sometimes don't be don't be ashamed to ask God if you don't understand something. Don't be ashamed to ask God. Give me understanding, Lord. Amen. He won't ever come down to our unbelief, but he will come down to our lack of understanding. So cry out for it. That's what the writer here of the book of Proverbs, one of the writers, did when God came to him in vision. And ask him, what do you want? You want wealth? You want power? What do you want? And uh, Solomon cried out to the Lord, I want wisdom. Amen. I want your wisdom, God. I want the ability to know how to live life. I want the ability to know how to live for you. I, Amen. Praise God. I want to be the right kind of person that I should be in life. And then so God, because he cried out for it, he prayed for it. God gave it to him. And we'll get into that just a little bit further in verse 6. tells us where wisdom comes from. It comes from the mouth of God. 
You say, well, I, I want wisdom. You know, you maybe see somebody like Solomon got a lot of wisdom. You say, where do you get all that wisdom? Well, he cried out for it. He prayed for it. He, he asked God to give it to him. And if you do that, you'll be amazed at how much wisdom that God will give you, word, direction in your life, because you cried out because you want to know. And He knows that you have a desire to live for Him. Hallelujah to the Lamb. So you receive it, you respond to it, you hide it in your heart. Amen. You incline your ear. That means you're really listening. You really listen. You, you got to really listen to the Word of God. You know what I'm saying? Even teaching the Word of God today, your mind will just wander. I mean, you'll think about what's going on in your day, what you got to do when you get home. I mean, just it'll just wander. You've got to incline your ear, man. You've got to really, what the book of Proverbs has said, if you want wisdom, you've got to really listen. You've got to really listen to the Word of God. Amen. Say praise the Lord. Cry out for it. Pray. Seek God. He'll give you knowledge. Knowledge of Him. And lift, this, lift up your voice for understanding. Cry out. Pray to God for it. That's what He's saying here. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I probably don't even need to preach this to you. You can read it. and I don't even need to really explain it to you. It's just pretty self-explained. But that's alright. We're going to go through it. We're going to look at it. Okay? Verse 4. <clears throat> If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. Yeah. You know, what, if you're going to be looking for treasure, that means you're going to take a shovel out, right? And a pick, you know, if it's in the ground, you know. I mean, you're going to dig and dig and dig and dig and dig. If somebody told you there was a treasure there, you're going to, man, you're going to tear up the place to try to find it, you know. Right? I bought a house one time. Somebody said, I think the man that used to live here, you know, he had passed away. He said, I think the man that uh, lived here before, he hid some money. I lived in that house for about seven years, Sister Christina. We lived there about seven years. And I'd walk around there once in a while, and I'd hear, I'd hear a, a hollow sound under the tile. And I'd tell Sister Christina, I said, there might be some money right there. You know, I didn't break out the jackhammers or anything, but my, I never did find that, <laughs> find that money. You know, but thank God, Sister Christina, I, I come home one day and I got the jackhammer busting all the floor. Up. Well, what are you doing? Well, I think I'm here in hollow places. It's probably in my mind. My mind's probably hollow, but, you know, well, you got holes in the wall. Well, they said money's in here, but I, I'm just telling you, right? I remember a long time ago, there's a, there's a Bible study, ABC curriculum back there. When I first got in the church, I loved those ABC curriculums. I devoured them. I loved them, okay? And uh, one of the studies talked about in that curriculum, it talked about, uh, it might have been Search for Truth. I may be getting my curriculums mixed up. But he told about a farmer. This farmer was a very wise farmer. He told his sons, he said, Sons, he said, there's a treasure in that field out there. Amen. There's a treasure out there in that field. And so the sons got the shovels out and they started tearing that field up, man. You know what I'm saying? Well, come to find out, the treasure was the field. It just needed to be worked. It needed to be plowed. And that old man was so smart, he knew how to get him to plow the field. But he didn't tell him what the treasure was. He just said, there's treasure in them field, boys. And that's what God's saying is that wisdom is like that. 
you got to dig for it, man. You, it, it's not just going to come to you, you know. Thank God. I mean, there, praise the Lord for anybody that has that kind of gift that it just comes to them. But I, I don't have that gift. I got to spend a lot of time in the Word of God, a lot of time studying the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Digging. Just digging, 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 working at it, man. And you got to treat wisdom like you would silver and gold. How many of y'all like silver and gold? You need the book of Proverbs if you don't. Because the Bible says money answers all things. You don't like silver and gold? Okay, no. Well, sometimes money will get you in trouble, right? It is, it is the root of all evil. So, I mean, there's more than one way to look at it. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't think I've ever, ever found anybody that if you offered them money, they'd say, no, we don't want it. I mean, I'd really have to think really hard to myself whether or not I've ever offered money to somebody and they turned it down. Right? Say praise the Lord. Wisdom is like silver and gold. It's better than silver and gold. Sometimes you have to make a choice over money for wisdom. You have to make a choice over money. Wisdom over money. Knowledge of the Word of God over money. That's why I encourage you, if you work, you tell your boss, I need to be at church on Wednesday. I need to be at church on Sunday. Because I need to hear the Word of God. That, to me, it's more important than my paycheck. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Say praise the Lord. See, a lot of people don't think so. That's why you're not too excited. But if I said tonight, we're giving away a, a car. If I told you we're giving you a, giving a car away tonight. Woo, man, I tell you what, I'd... You know what I mean? We're giving you something by the Word of God, though, that's more important than that. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing, nothing more valuable than the Word of God. You know that. See? You come and hear the Word of God preached. I mean, just think about this, this retreat that we had. The phenomenal impact of the Word of God upon our life. Life changing, man. Better than silver than gold. It's nothing, there is nothing like the Holy Word of God. There's nothing like it. It's what saved you. It's what brought you salvation. You can't even be saved without the Word of God. And I'm not going to repeat that. We did that last week. But you can't even be saved without the Word of God. Because you're not saved by the love of God. You're saved by the Word of God. So he said, you've got to seek it. Seek her as silver and search for her as for hid treasures. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. See, wisdom is all about the fear of the Lord. It's all about a relationship, a right relationship with God. If you're really walking in wisdom, that means you're going to walk in a right relationship with the Lord. You have a fear of God. It's the principal thing. It's the beginning of having wisdom. It's to fear God and have a right relationship with Him. That's the most important thing is to fear God in your life. Praise the Lord. Verse 6 tells us who gives the wisdom. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of His mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. So we find out now where it comes from. It comes from God. 
True wisdom comes from God. It comes out of his mouth. Then simply it's his word. What comes out of a man's mouth? It's so simple. I don't even need to teach you this. You can read it. What comes out of the mouth of a person? The words of a person. When you talk about the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God, then you're talking about the Word of God because the Word of God is what came out of, comes out of His mouth to us. So wisdom comes from God. And understanding, knowing the right and the wrong of something and what is the Spirit behind it, comes from God. He gives you that knowledge. He gives us the ability to live life the way life should be lived. Let me tell you, I think God knows how life should be lived. And if we live it, that way, we'll be blessed. Amen? Now, you can, go, you can go try your own path. But see, that's the whole thing about the first nine chapters is that the Father and Lady Wisdom is crying out, don't go on the path of folly. Stay on that path. Amen. Live for the Lord. Hallelujah. And I believe that God knows how to live life because He created life. Amen. We just get in trouble when we start leaning upon our own understanding, which he'll talk about in a minute. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. God says if you are walking upright, you're walking in a right relationship with the Lord, he's going to protect you. Going to protect you. But I want, I want you to remind you that these are not promises. These are general principles. And sometimes you have to look at the Spirit beyond the letter. For example, what about people like Daniel? They were taken into captivity. Daniel. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Taken into captivity. What about Ezekiel? Taken into captivity. Faithful servants of God Almighty. Well, the Bible says if you're walking in the right path, that God is going to be your buckler. He's, that means He's going to protect you. Why didn't He protect them? Why did He allow the Babylonians to come in and take them captive? Sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? When the Word of God says He's going to be a buckler, He's going to protect you. But yet we see examples in the Word of God where some people didn't look like they were protected. Amen? Well, you have to look beyond the letter into the spirit of it. Because even though like Daniel was taken captive or Ezekiel was taken captive, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah were taken captive, faithful servants of God, God still protected them. And He protected them in Babylon. And even though it didn't look like when they were being... Can you imagine if you were captured tonight by a foreign power... You think, God, you're not protecting me. You were captured by a foreign power and taken to another country. Hey, Lord, you promised you would protect me. He did. But does that mean that he said you wouldn't be taken? No. Think about it. What happened when Daniel got over into Babylon? He became a prime minister. What happened to Ezekiel? Taken into captivity. One of the most famous prophets that have ever lived came as a result of that captivity. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, you have to look beyond the letter of Scripture and the spirit of the Scripture to understand what the Bible tells us. 
God does protect us, but it might not be the way that you and I think that He's protecting us. That's why we can't lean upon our own understanding. We have to learn to trust God. I'm not God. I'm not omnipresent. I'm not everywhere. I'm not omnipotent. I'm not all-powerful. I'm not omniscient. I'm not all-knowledge. God is. And I've got to learn to trust God. When I'm in situations, it doesn't look like God protected me. But He did because He had a plan. The Spirit behind that letter to do something awesome in my life or awesome in your life. And we looked at it as a bad thing because we failed to trust Him like we should. And God said, I'm just working this out for your good. Hallelujah. God, you told me you're going to bless my life financially. And I got fired yesterday. You're looking at the letter. You got fired because God's got something else He wants you to do. Well, you know, could be. Could be because you're just a knucklehead. To use Brother Jonathan Lemon's phraseology. Okay. But my point is that these are not promises. They're general truths that you have to understand the Word of God. That's why a lot of people get messed up when they study the book of Proverbs. So they see something that doesn't line up with what Proverbs says. And they forget to understand that it's not a promise to them. It's, an ex it's a truth that has been experienced over a period of time. And most of the time it's true. Say praise God. Let me give you an example of what I'm saying. Go to Proverbs 10.1. We're going to look at Proverbs 10.1 very quickly. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh glad, maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Now, theologically speaking, what he's saying is that a son that follows the paths that, that lives for the Lord is going to make a father glad. Amen? A foolish son is somebody that departs from the path that's living for the Lord. And that makes... Bible says a heaviness to the mother. Now, is that always true? No. Because sometimes, you with me? You get somebody that gets on fire for God, gets saved, but the mother and father aren't wise. The mother and father don't live for God, so they're not happy with the fact that their child is living for the Lord. Again, it's a general principle. He's talking about if you've got a wise parent, wise mother and wise father, and the, the son lives, or the whoever the child is, lives the way they're supposed to as a true worshiper of God, it's going to make that father happy. And, and that mother happy. What it's saying is, if you're a wise child today, wise children always make their mother and their father happy. Because they live for the Lord. But again, there's some people, I know some sitting here right now that got in the church, man, and the mom's not happy with that. So again, you have to understand that these are general truths. They're not just... You know, ironclad patent statements. They're, 
Sometimes there are exceptions is what I'm trying to show you. Say praise the Lord. Okay. So again, going back, verse um, 7. He left, uh, 2, 7. He left up sound wisdom for the righteous. Who does? God does. He is a buckler for them that walk uprightly. God is going to defend that person. God will defend you. He'll defend you. Even if you seem, it seems like things are not going well. What's He going to protect? Your way. He's going to protect your way. He's not promising you're never going to have a problem, man. He's not going to tell you it's always going to go your way. He says in the way that you're walking with Him, He's going to defend you. Say praise God. That's, that's what's important, man. It's not always that, you know, God got me out of my problem. What's more important is that God was with me in it. But you see, again, we, we look at the letter of things. We don't look at the spirit behind it. Man, if God is with me in my problem, then He is defending me. He is protecting me. So remember what I'm saying. It's important. Because the enemy will use the word of God against you. He will, man. He'll twist it, turn it on you. So the Bible said this was not happening for you. Yeah, man. He knows how to get in your head. He knows how to get in my head. We have to understand that there are exceptions in life to these things that the proverb says. But in general, for the most part, this is what you can expect if you're walking in the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Say praise the Lord. If you're walking in the wisdom of God, you can expect Him to defend you, your path. You can expect to be blessed. You can expect to be successful. You can expect a good outcome. Doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. You understand? Praise the Lord. You have to leave, you have to leave things with God. Brothers and sisters, I'm still learning that. I'm still learning that. As your pastor, I can tell you right now, I'm still learning that. Yeah. So well, what are you trusting God for? I am not going to talk to you about it. You know? Say praise the Lord. But I have to stand up here and just say, okay, God, you're in control of everything. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right with me. It's all right with you. You ever felt like God forsook you? Like He wasn't protecting you anymore? Wasn't defending you anymore? Wasn't with you anymore? He was. But you were wanting it to come out a certain way. And God said, I'm, I'm bigger than you. i got a bigger plan than you've got. It's much larger than, than, than you are. Hallelujah. You, got, you have to learn to trust the wisdom of God. And cry out for understanding. And sometimes He's just going to tell you to wait. He's not, and sometimes He won't even tell you the answer. He won't even tell you why. Like Job. Job went through everything he went through and God didn't even explain why he went through it. He never knew why he went through it. Sometimes God's not going to tell you why. You just got to trust Him. Say amen. Verse 8. He keepeth the path. See again that metaphor, that path metaphor keeps coming up. He keeps the paths of judgment. What are we talking about a path? Journey in life. He keeps uh, the paths, praise the Lord, of judgment and preserveth the way of His saints. 
He keeps the path. He's in charge of the path. He's in charge of your steps. He knows the way that you're taking. Brothers and sisters, He's in control sovereignly of the steps that you and I take if you're walking with Him. Now, if you walk away from Him, you depart from Him, He's no longer in control of your steps. You are. And you're going to take yourself right into death and traps and twists and darkness. But as long as you're walking with Him, guess who's in control of your path? He is. His sovereignty. It's amazing how God sovereignly steps in and does things. Whew. He'll lead people, righteous people, into the path of people that are not doing right. And it's almost a miracle that they cross paths. Because God is in, He's sovereignly in control of the paths in our lives. Say praise God. Amen. And if that's the case, then you and I, we do not have to sit around and worry about our future. If we're walking with God, I don't have to worry about my future if I'm walking with God. I do have to worry if I'm off His path and I'm doing my own thing. I got big trouble ahead of me. Amen? But if you're walking with the Lord and you're serving God, you're a true worshiper of God, you don't have to sit around and worry about the future. Amen? Because God is in control of my path. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of His saints. Amen. We have a deep understanding. Deep within. God is with me. God's going to lead me in the right path. Verse 9. Then shalt thou understand. Again, the word understanding comes up. You can understand. Again, to know the right and the wrong of something. The Spirit's driving it. You'll understand righteousness. What, what does God want me to do? How does He want me to live? How to, to be righteous, to be right with Him. To be in a right relationship with Him. He's going to show me. Amen. And judgment. He'll give me the ability to make right judgments on things. That means you're going to have to make decisions in your life. Now this might be boring to you, but I'm going to just do it anyway. How many of you have to make decisions in your life? Well, if you're breathing, you have to make decisions in your life. Okay? Alright. Now, where's that, where's that direction come from? How are you going to make that decision? Where are you going to get the knowledge? Where are you going to get the wisdom to make that decision? The Bible says if you're walking in the path that God has laid out for you to walk, He's going to give you that direction. He's going to give you the ability to make the right decision or judgment, to cast the right verdict. In life. Alright? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that, that you're right more than you are wrong? I always say this, you know, we got, we got some things that are wrong with us, but we got more right with us than we do wrong with us. And I believe it's the enemy. He wants you to focus on all the, you know, your, the, the wrong that you have instead of focusing on the right. I thank God for God's wisdom and God's understanding to give me the ability to make decisions in life. Now, I made some bad ones. And I know you haven't. I know I, no, I, I'm preaching to the perfect church. 
But I, So I know you have never made a mistake in your life. Every decision you've ever made was the right thing. you know. But I'm not that way. But I can tell you this right now. Since I started living for the Lord, I've made more good decisions than I've made bad decisions. Thank you, Jesus. I got more right with me than I do wrong with me. Look, look at your neighbor and help me preach. Especially the one that's asleep next to you. Help me preach. Tell him. Tell him, you got more right with you than you do wrong with you. If you're living for God. I mean, that encourages me, man. You know? Because the enemy comes to me and wants me to think I'm a complete and total failure. Well, there's, there's very few negative, negative people in the world. If you're totally bad, negative, negative, there's no hope for you. You're going to have positive negative, which means some things aren't, you know, good, and some things are good. Positive negative. I mean, you get somebody that's positive positive, they never do anything wrong. And, and it's, it, it may become real close in life that you can get to that place, and I'll show it to you in the Bible in just a minute. That you can get in such a walk with God in your life, such a commitment and such a trust in God and such a relationship with God that just you're just going to do the right thing. That that evil inclination won't be in control of you. When something wrong comes to you, you'll just do the right thing. You'll say no to it. Hallelujah! You'll say yes to the right, no to the wrong. You can't get to that place in your life of development and maturity that it becomes... Who you are as a person. Amen. You get to that point, you're positive, positive. There's very few people on the planet that are negative, negative. I've been around some bad people, babe. But I don't think I've ever been around a completely, totally bad person. Everybody's got a little bit of good in them. Maybe. We're still looking for it, but. But I thank God. God will give you the ability if you seek His face. You know, you're not crying out for wisdom and understanding about the situation. Then what are you going to do? You're going to make a decision based on logic, reason, and judgment. Your own ability. And brother and sister, I'm going to tell you, if you do that, a lot of times you're going to find yourself bad decisions, bad mistakes that might affect other people. That's why we have to trust God. How many of y'all believe the Word of God? He's going to give you the ability to give you understanding of righteousness and judgment. And equity. Say equity. It means I'm going to be fair. When I'm dealing with situations, I, have to, I need a skill set. I need social skills. I need to be able to function around people. And equity means you're not going to be partial. You're going to be fair in, in what you see and the way you handle things and, and how you call it and how you look at it and what you say. It's called equity. Not everybody has that ability. They don't have the ability. They're partial and they're not fair. Amen? But if you walk with God, God will give you the ability to be a person that's fair, that's even, that's balanced. God wants you to be balanced. He wants me to be balanced. Say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I appreciate people that are fair. That have that ability. It's a God-given gift. To have just evenness and balance in their life. Comes from the Lord. Who's it come from? Who does wisdom come from? Understanding. 
judgment and equity righteousness comes from God verse 9 then shalt thou understand righteous judgment equity yea every good path every good path no limitations man when wisdom entereth into thine heart now we get to verse 10 on through the rest of the chapter he's going to talk about moral applications of wisdom when wisdom entereth into thine heart and knowledge is pleasant to thy soul. The Word of God, brothers and sisters, is not a drudgery. It's not, oh man, I don't want to hear the Word of God. I don't you know what. It's not like, I don't want to hear what God is saying. It's not like that. The Word of God, man, it's, it's something that you can delight in. It's something that you should rejoice in. It's something that you and I should desire in our lives. If it comes to us to correct us, that's good. Whatever, whatever, God, whatever you need to speak to me, speak to me. Because you know what's best. I don't. How many of y'all love the Word of God? I love the Word of God, but there's something I can't do, and I can't make you love the Word of God. I can stand up and I can preach the Word of God to you, but I can't make you love the Word of God. You, you have to make that decision for yourself. I love the Word of God. You have to make up your mind. It's more important to me than silver and gold. I make a choice. Wisdom enter into thine heart. Knowledge is pleasant. Say pleasant. Unto thy soul. Hallelujah. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Look at it again. Verse 10. When wisdom entereth into the heart, into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. That verse is telling you that if you'll let God, in a sense, it's that still small voice we're talking about. He preached about over there. That still small voice coming from within you. You can get to a place. This is what I was talking about earlier. You can get to a place in your life where you'll say no to what's wrong and say yes to what's right. It'll just become a part of who you are because it's coming from within you by the Holy Ghost. You don't have to, you're, okay, well, I'm, I'm struggling with this and I'm always going to struggle with this and it's just who I am. Are you foolish? Are you accepting your foolishness? Are you accepting that you're going to be this person that you are forever and ever? Not according to the Word of God. The Word of God says, if you'll let the Word of God enter into your heart and you'll find pleasure and joy instead of setting their scowl on your face. You look like you're lifting weights or working out of the gym. It's not that bad. It's wrong with you. You know what? No, I ain't going there. Amen. Say praise the Lord. You know what I started to say, but I'm not going to say it. You know why? Because I have discretion. I'm counting the cost. I'll just keep it to myself. I'm sure it'll come out somewhere down the road, but not tonight. Verse 11. Discretion. Say discretion. Shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee. What is discretion? 
you have discretion means you, you have the ability to count the cost. Brothers and sisters, the decisions we make in life have consequences. If you're a person who has discretion, that means that you walk very carefully. Okay? Amen? It's sort of like if you got glass on the floor and you're barefooted, that's what discretion is. You're finding places, you're looking intently where the glass isn't, and you're very carefully taking steps. That's discretion. You're not just going headlong in your immaturity, in your simpleness. Thinking you know what to do. I'm yeah, charging head first. Don't even have a clue about what you're doing. That means you're not counting the cost. You're not walking very carefully to make sure you don't get glass in your feet. In life, there's glass all around you. That's why you have to have discretion. You have to count the cost. Okay, I'm going to make this decision. What's that? What is this going to... How is this going to affect my future? What is this going to do in my life? Discretion. Amen? Now we'll get to the, to the strange woman in just a minute. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and get to her. So I told you Proverbs 1 through 9 is really the way that interprets the Proverbs properly. We'll get to them in chapter 10 on through 31. So let's go over here and let's look at an example of, of somebody who doesn't have discretion. And that, that means they don't count the cost. They don't do it God's way. Okay, Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11, 22. This is one of my favorite Proverbs. And this is the, one, the pig that's got the gold ring in its nose. I love this proverb. Let me read it to you. Proverbs 11, 22. As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. I love that. I could preach a whole sermon on that right there. It'll probably last about two minutes. Well, what he's saying is, you know, Beauty is the ring in the nose. The nose is big on a pig. You ever seen nose on a pig? Big old snout, dude. Right? So we got the big pig, the big nose, and we got the little ring in the nose. Now, why would you put such a beautiful thing in such an ugly pig? An, you with me? A beautiful ring in an ugly pig. And what he's saying is, is that is what a beautiful woman is like who doesn't live for God. A beautiful woman that doesn't have godly character in her is ugly. He said what you should do is focus on the most important thing, the big thing, the pig in the picture is the woman that doesn't have discretion. 
So he says what you should do is you should focus more on your character than your outward beauty. You have discretion. That means you walk through life very carefully and you count the cost. You have character. See, today our society, man, it really majors on the outward. You know. Well, my young man, he's looking for the most beautiful one in the church. Hallelujah. Well, that's all right if she's got discretion. Amen. Say praise the Lord. I'm going to find me a beauty queen. I don't want me a beauty queen. Yeah. Okay. Well, you might have a pig with a ring in the nose. She might have out for beauty, but she's as mean as a dog. Say praise the Lord. Well, God is saying, man, you stay away from that big pig. <laughs> no matter how pretty she is. You know, okay. I love it. I just, I get, God, I believe God has humor. Now, all you stoics out there. You can make a perfect statue in a park for pigeons to come sit on. Stoic. No emotion. Amen. Now, so some of you men out there thinking about women, you know, that might be pretty but don't have character. But you have to turn it around and it might be a good looking man that he don't love God. He doesn't have character. But you, boy, you after him, woman, because he's handsome, man, you know. Woo, he's a look, man. He look good. But he's a devil, man. He's a devil. You better count the cost. You better find out if that woman or that man is a person of character that walks with God, that has a relationship with God, that majors on the most important thing in, that is a relationship with God above everything else. Amen. That's what discretion is. How many of y'all ever seen somebody that was really a looker and they, they just, their spirit stunk to high heaven. Stunk to high heaven. Just an attitude. No spirit, man. Say praise the Lord. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You know what? You might not have all the outward physical beauty, but if you're beautiful on the inside, it does something to the outside. Because God beautifies the meek with salvation. You might have all the beauty outside. But if your spirit stinks, your character is not what it's supposed to be, it's going to make you ugly. Say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So that's what he's talking about. He's talking about discretion. You count the cost. You walk softly in life. Are you careful? Say praise the Lord. You got your Bible? You're reading it with me, aren't you? Okay. Discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee. It's going to keep you from walking that sinful path. 
It's going to come to all. It comes to all of us, man. You know, sinful path, righteous path, which one are going to take? If you're walking in discretion, you're going to say, Ooh, I'm staying away from that one. That one's got me in trouble in the past. <laughs> I walked that one bad. It was twisty, turny. It was dark. It was full of traps. It ended up in death for me. I'm not walking back on that path anymore. See, discretion is saying, Whoa, I'm, I'm going to get over here on the right path. It's the ability to know right and wrong and stay away from the wrong path. That's why he's writing this to his sons. To his sons. Just make sure, make sure you stay away from the path of foolishness. Amen. Say praise the Lord. Okay. I thank God for the word. I know this is probably boring to you because I'm not taking you to the heavens. You know. I'm sorry I'm not red hot tea today. He took us to the heavens the other night, you know, but I I'm just Pastor Carter. You just have to settle for me, you know. It's okay. But this helps me. It helps me because it's practical. We need practicality. If that's a word, I think that's a word. Practicality. Have y'all ever seen a pig with a gold ring in its nose? Anybody? You have? In pictures. Thank God it was just in pictures. Because you ever meet one in life, you've had it, buddy. <laughs> you bet. Brad, so you ever see one in life, you come to your pastor, you tell me right straight up, Pastor, I saw a pig with a gold ring in its nose. So I need your help. I said, I'll help you, man. I'll tell you to stay away from that pig. Praise the Lord. Well, God doesn't want you, you and me to keep making the same mistakes over and over and over in life. That's why, why, why do we keep doing it? Because we don't have discretion. You know, we're not making the right decision. Say praise the Lord. How many of y'all be a woman and a man that has discretion? I don't want to be a pig with a ring in the nose. And I don't think you do either. Now, you don't walk up to nobody and say, you're a pig with a ring in the nose. Because they're going to know what you mean. You're saying you're pretty on the outside, but you stink on the inside. You don't have no character. You don't have no godliness. Say, praise the Lord. Just, you know, I get in a bad habit to do what you guys do. Is this helping anybody? That's a bad habit. Man, I'm trying to stay away from y'all's bad habits. Is this helping anybody? If it's not, we're in trouble. We just... It help you, brother? Praise the Lord, man. It's helping me too. I tell you, man. Thank God. This is, that's all I got. It's the Word of God. If this, if this can't help you, what can? I believe it. I believe the Word of God. Verse 12. Hallelujah. To deliver thee from the way of the evil man. From the man that speaketh forward things. See, you walk the path with God, that discretion will keep you away from the what? Did you catch it? He didn't say it keep you away from the evil man. It'll keep you away from the way of the evil man. Whew. See, that one right there will almost get you. Because as a righteous person, a servant of God, you're going to come in contact with evil people. 
and they want to destroy you. But God said, I'll keep you, I'll keep you away from the way of the evil man. He didn't say keep you away from the, from the man, but the way of the evil man. Thank you, Jesus. There's that way again, that path. That speaketh forward things. They forward things. You know, there's some people they speak, when they speak, they don't speak wisdom, they speak forward. You know what forward is? It means they have a desire, they seek to change the right course of things. Something that's right, the path is right. Amen. You with me here? But they're gonna, they're, they're gonna seek a way to twist it. To change the proper course or the proper direction. That's a forward person. That person is a person that a forward person is somebody that can't be governed. If you're the kind of person that cannot be governed, you're ungovernable, then you're forward. Nobody can tell a forward person anything. Amen. Because they're ungovernable. Now God said He'll keep us away from that. I don't want to be forward to you. They seek to change the right course, the right direction. They're not governable. If you're, not go if you're ungovernable, then you will not comply with what is required. That's a forward person. I'm not complying. I don't have to do what I tell. What, what, what I'm told, I don't do that. That's a forward person. Okay. See, that's the opposite of a person who's got discretion. People that have discretion don't act like that. You can govern them. You can tell them things. They want to know. They have a desire to know. They want, to, they want somebody to govern them. They want a guide. They want a guide. They won't forsake the guide like Lady Folly. We'll get to her in just a minute. We need a guide. Man, heaven, I'm on a journey. I want to make my home heaven. I want to make heaven my home. I need a guide. I need, I need to know what is required of me to get there. I need to have a, a, a spirit that can be governed and told what to do. I can't be calling my own shots. It'll get me in trouble. I've got to go by what the Word of God says. Amen? Now, brothers and sisters, if I don't have the Word of God to back up my decision of what I'm doing in my life, I forsake what I'm doing in my life. And I go with the Word of God. Because if you don't, you're headed for trouble. You're headed for trouble. That's a word from the Lord. You're headed for trouble. That wrong path, man, it just takes you in darkness. Your soul will get dark. Your spirit will get dark. You'll get oppressed. Amen? Traps and pits and stumbling blocks and death everywhere. Amen. That's that forward path. Verse 13. That forward person leaves the paths. There's that word path again. Of right, uprightness. They leave it. That means they were on that path at one point. But they leave it. Why'd they get off the right path? 
because they're floored. They decided to change the direction of their life. They started, they started living by a different road, a different map, a different principle. See, and this is what he's talking about. When you get on that path of Lady Folly, that path is a departure from God and it is a, the lifestyle of an idolater. If you and I are not living as true worshipers of God, then we are acting like idolaters. If we're not living by the Word of God and practicing it and living by it, hallelujah, then in, in basically what the God, Word of God is showing you is that you're on the path that's acting, acting, acting like an idol worshiper. That's what a forward person is. They've got off the right path. And to get off the right path means you're on the wrong path of folly. And folly, Lady Folly speaks of idolatry. You have forsaken God. Are you still on the right path tonight? Praise the Lord. They leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of what? Darkness. What's it saying? They leave the Word of God. Their conduct. How do you leave the Word of God? The Word of God is sitting on the desk. It's in my heart. I'm preaching to you. How do you leave the Word of God? You leave it by your conduct. My conduct tonight is either a conduct that's on the path of righteousness or the path of wisdom, or my conduct is a path of idolatry. I've left God out. I've left His Word out. Who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked. Brothers and sisters, I'm preaching to people tonight that if you do something wrong, if you sin against God, I know in my spirit that every one of you feels bad about that. You come short of the glory of God in your thoughts, in your actions, in your words because you're a Christian. It makes you feel bad. But these people are not that way. These people rejoice in sin. They rejoice in evil. They don't have sorrow, brothers and sisters, like a Christian would have. How many of y'all have sorrow in your heart when you come short of the glory of God? We all do. If you're a Christian, you do. You will. We're not perfect people. But there are some people up there, out there, that enjoy man evil. They celebrate. They basically, they boast about it. Let me show you a, a picture of this. Go to Proverbs 30 and uh, verse 20. This, that lady foolishness, that forward path, ungovernable. Can't tell her what to do. Proverbs, are you still there? Okay, Proverbs. I'm almost done. I'm not going to keep you too long. Proverbs 30, verse 20. Verse, let's look at 19. The way of an eagle in the air. The way of a serpent upon a rock. The way of a ship in the midst of the sea. The way of a man with a maiden. What we have is 
basically a principle of movement between two things. That's the principle of that proverb. The movement between two things. You have the movement. Amen. Of the eagle in the air, the serpent on the rock, the ship in the midst of the sea. The movement between two things. And the intimate relationship of a man and his wife. The movement of two people in intimacy. And then he talks about in verse 20, Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. She is deceived. That's what Proverbs 2 is talking about. I told you Proverbs 1 through 9 helps you to understand how to interpret 10 through 31. We've got a person that has committed adultery, either spiritually or literally physically, wipes her mouth. I didn't do anything wrong. Boasting in their sin and claiming to be a Christian but forsook the right path. That's what the Bible said. They were on the right path. They forsook it. The commandments of God. The Word of God. Now, brothers and sisters, one thing to come short of the glory of God because we all do. But if you ever get a spirit that you start rejoicing in things that go against this Bible, you're on the wrong path. Because what this Bible says is right. It's right. Amen. Say praise the Lord. And so we see people here, they rejoice to do evil, delight in the frowardness of the wicked. Verse 15. Amen. I don't want to be a person that's glad about evil. It means I can't say, you can't side with people that are in sin. You can't side with them. You do, you're rejoicing in the evil, the iniquity they're doing. Whose ways are crooked. Amen? Just disobedience is the, is the, the characteristics here of these people. They're, they're twisted. Their ways are crooked. Uh, and they forward, and they forward in their paths. To deliver thee from the strange woman. This is what wisdom will do for you. The fear of God. To deliver thee from who? The strange woman. That's that woman that doesn't have discretion. That's that woman that wipes her mouth when she's committed adultery and says, I didn't do anything wrong. Strange woman in the Bible is not just talking about a prostitute literally. It is lady foolishness that seeks to allure you away from the right and true path of service to God. Amen. And to enter into a deep relationship with her in unfaithfulness to your God. That's the strange woman. That's the temple prostitutes of Baal. But God says the 
Word of God, the wisdom of God, understanding will deliver you from the strange woman, even from the stranger with flattereth with her words. You get around somebody that's, okay, just if we want to talk about it on a practical level, on a practical level, when a prostitute comes to you, you're a young man. You'll stay away from her. She, she tries to come and seduce you and flatter you. Why is she? Flattery is when somebody gives you a compliment, but they've got a hidden agenda. Okay? It's okay to say, hey man, you did a good job. You did a good job, right? That's not flattery. I'm not saying that to get something from them. But a strange woman will tell you what you want to hear because she wants to get you. Are you here? And that's the trick of the prostitute. If you're a married man, your wife, she lives with you, she puts up with you just like mine does. Okay? And you go home to her and she don't make you a god every time you walk through the door because she knows who you are. <laughs> but you want, you want her to make you god. Little G. That's why oftentimes you'll see a, a man, he's got a beautiful wife. He'll commit adultery with the ugliest old woman you've ever seen in your life. You ever ask yourself why? You look at the pretty wife and see the woman, yeah? The prostitution is having relationships with the woman you're not married to. And you look at that, this, oh, this woman not pretty at all. You say, why did he go for her when he's got a beautiful wife? It's because she made him to be a god. Oh, your wife don't know what she has, T.O. Tim, Timo. Sister, I'm just, I'm not saying that's you. I'm just talking tonight. If she knew what she had, Tim, Tim. John, John. You know, man, you're something else, John. Your wife don't know what she has. And you start thinking, that's right, she don't know what she has. I'm tired of being treated like this, you know. Amen. Well, if you were to get married to her, you know, she wouldn't treat you like a god. You don't understand the point, don't you? Right? So they flatter. That's what they do. They know how to flatter. She knows how to flatter you, to get you, to trap you. The strange woman that comes to you with false doctrine, philosophy, ideology speaks words to flatter you. Oh, it's so it's just too hard over there. You you need to come over here and be healed. Like you know, man, like we line you up and kill you, beat you, knife you every time you come through the door. Come over here and be healed. And I'm still waiting to see them healed. 
But they know how to flatter you. They know how to talk, man. They know how to get you, uh, out of, you know, off the right path. It's too hard over there. Come over here, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, we, uh, we'll be healed. I asked somebody not long ago. I said, hey, you know, that person said they were going to go to another place and because they, they needed to be healed. I said, how are they doing? They not healed. <laughs> <laughs> same same person they were when they walked out the church door at Bible Center Fellowship. They should have stayed here, let the Word of God hone them a little bit, but they, they wanted to go where it was, you know. Oh, come on, somebody. Let me tell you something. You know that's not the spirit I operate in. I don't tell you to go and get other people's, other church's people. Hey, hey you need to come over here, man. You know, he, oh, yeah, it's easy. We got it good. You know, No, don't you don't even touch them. Because when they come over here, they bring in all their spirits and problems, and I don't want it. Okay? I'm not stupid. But see, they'll seduce you. It's in some cases, physically. And then, and then, that won't be the end of it. Because they'll never admit that they're wrong. And they'll always seek to lure you away from the right path. Say praise the Lord. Now, not to say that the church they went to is the wrong path. I'm just saying, but you better be in the will of God when you make the change. Because it could be the wrong path for you. Everybody understand what I'm saying? Oh, people know how to talk, man. You know how to talk. You got to be careful. All right? So you got a young man coming to a young woman. Oh, he tells her what she wants to hear, man. Until they get married. Are you with me? Now, if it's a Christian man, he'll treat that woman right. Not a Christian man. Yeah, he'll tell her whatever he, she wants to hear to trap her. So you got to understand when I'm preaching this, this is not gender specific. You got to get the word of God for yourself. Praise the Lord. I don't. I don't worry really too much about the strange woman. Sister Christine is always talking sweet to me and kind. Telling me how great I am. <laughs> you dumb white man! Because <laughs> I'll say, comprehende? <laughs> you know, we'll be going back and we'll say, hey, comprehende? <laughs> You dumb white man! <laughs> Say praise the Lord, you know. So I would know if somebody started coming up to telling me and say, "You're great. You're the greatest thing on the planet, man. You're you're the greatest thing since sliced bread." And I'd have to look at him and say, "You're lying. That's all what my wife tells me." <laughs> this must be about you, not me. <laughs> I think you got the wrong person. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> Dumb white man. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
But y'all don't want to get into that stuff, do you? You know. But they do. They know how to talk to you, man. Flatter you. <clears throat> and they'll promise you things. they promise you. And they never fulfill what they said they're going to. Never. Amen. It's really sad. Deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words. False praise. To get out of you what they want. Brothers and sisters, that's something. See, we all have to be real careful in Christianity because in Christianity sometimes we're real gullible. God help me to have discernment as a pastor because we're real gullible. And we're susceptible, you know, to believe in what people say. And sometimes we don't really discern the motive behind what they're saying. They're trying to get something out of you. They have an ulterior motive. Amen. And ultimately, you know what the enemy's plan is? Is to keep you from walking this straight and narrow path. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> the voices ever come talk to you? They come talk to me. Hey man, go, you can go ahead. Where am I going to? You understand? No. I'm not going to take the bait. I'm not going to leave the path of uprightness. Strange woman, even from the stranger, which fared with her words, which forsake the guide of her youth. And who are you talking about here? The strange woman forsakes the guide of her youth. Okay? Well, the guide of her youth. Again, this is not gender specific. It could be a man, too, young man, too. Forsaking the guide of your youth is to forsake the counsel of your parents. If you have godly parents and you don't seek their counsel on major decisions in your life, you are seek, you are leaving, forsaking the guide of your youth. God put those parents in your life, if they're godly parents, to help you make decisions. And if you're making decisions that have bypassed Godly parents, that should tell you you're on the path of a strange woman. Foolishness. That's the, that is the picture of a strange woman forsaking the guide of her youth. Can also mean that she was married at one time, but she left a faithful husband. She left a faithful. I said a faithful husband. Some some husbands need to be left. For the right reason. But this one here is an unfaithful woman. She was unfaithful to a faithful man. She left the guide of her youth. Or, now, you, I know you don't want to hear this, but this is the truth. When you forsake the guide of a spiritual father in your life, a pastor in your life, you are this path of foolishness. Because God placed spiritual leaders in our life. And, and you, okay, some of you were raised in this church. I don't exalt myself, but I'm your pastor. Don't ever get to a place where you're too old, too big for your britches to get direction from your spiritual father. Because pretty soon what's going to happen is you're going to start calling your own shots and pride's going to get a hold of you. 
and you'll forsake the God of your youth. Somebody said, praise the Lord. Listen to your parents. How many of y'all have good parents? Anybody, have, anybody in here have good parents? We're still deciding up here. <laughs> See, my wife's rubbing off on him. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Christina. Don't get offended. I'm supposed to have a spirit of offense in the house of God, especially. How many of you have good parents? You got good parents? At least one? You got one good, good parent? <clears throat> okay. All right. They mean they love God? You need to listen to them. Don't forsake the God of your youth. They'll help you, man. They're not trying to restrict you or limit your fun. They want you to have a good time. They don't want you to be destroyed, though. Been through some things. Know a little bit about the Word of God. You want to keep calling your own shots? You're going to keep having the problems you've got even worse than before. Because you forsook the God of your youth. Don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. Always seek the blessing. I thank God for people at times that get in battle. Dad recently spoke to me and said, I will not make a move until I have a blessing on my pastor. And I in turn told them, I said, if I knew of a place outside of Bible Center Fellowship that could give you the help that I can't give you that's above my skill set, I would send you there today. And that's not boasting and bragging. I just don't know of any in this area. Okay? Don't forsake. Come on. Some, there's something about being having a relationship with the person that your pastor that you know you came up in under the church that you're in, that you're born in, that you raised in. There's something important about that, brother. There's something important about that. Don't let anything sever that. See, that, that's wisdom. You're walking in wisdom when you take that stand. My sister said, I, I don't know about other people, but I, I'm just not, I'm not like that, Pastor. I said, they're supposed to be like you. They're supposed to have that kind of mindset. I'm not going to withhold you. I'm not going to hold you back from going somewhere. If you've got a right spirit, come on, you know what I'm saying. But we... Lost children, man. Lost children. God bless them. Okay, I have nothing against them. I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. Okay? So how many of y'all are going to stay close to good parents? You're not going to forsake the God. Right, listen to them, man. Don't get offended. Don't... No, don't. Okay, what can we do? They forsake the God of her youth, forgetting the covenant of her God, leaves God's word. 
For her house inclineth unto death, and her paths unto the dead. You want to know where that path is going to lead? A strange path, a strange woman, that a successful, or a strange man, the evil man, as the Bible calls it, above it, leads you away from God. You know what's you know what's coming to you? Death. It's a it's a downward slide, brothers and sisters. Nobody slides upward. You don't slide upward, you slide down. And down is hell. Down is the pit. That's where the road, that road leads you. Foolishness, folly. Ungovernable. Won't, won't comply. Won't live by the Word of God. Going to do your own thing. It's a, it's a downward pit, man. And that's what your parents are trying to keep you from. And I thank God for godly parents that I preach to, that I pastor. Godly parents that raise your kids, man. I can see the fruit. Don't forsake the fruit. If you see your kids, amen, in the house of God with you, you raise them that way, you need to thank God. Don't you let the devil trip you up. You have results, man. You raise your kids right. Hallelujah. Don't let anybody tell you different. I had some try to tell me different. They wanted to, in fact, take one of mine. You know, to deliver them from me. That's the craziness. Well, Recently, you know, they apologized. They said, you know, you raised your kids right. I thank God for you. It's not easy to raise kids. It's not easy to raise people, man, for God. But you're doing it. And if they're not in the church, it doesn't mean you didn't do a good thing. Again, it's, it's, it's a, these are general principles. It's just... Word of God. Hallelujah. You did the best you could. They have a free, free, they're free moral agents. They have a free will. <laughs> right? So they forsake the guide of her youth. Strange one forgetteth the covenant of her God. For her house inclineth unto death. Her paths unto the, unto the dead. None that go unto her return again. Neither take they hold of the path of life. You know what the Bible's saying? It's very difficult. Once false doctrine gets a hold of you, for you to be set free from that. It's very difficult when somebody comes to you with words that flatter you or philosophies and ideologies. Are y'all here with me? To allure you away from the right path. If you give your ear to that, you give your heart to that, it is hard for you to break away from that. It's not impossible. But the Bible says it is very difficult. That's why sometimes, brothers and sisters, you can sit down with people and show them the Word of God. Teach them a Bible study. Show it to them. It's in the Bible. But they won't do it. Because false doctrine has got them. And it's hard for you to break away from that harlot. That heart of church that rides on the back of a scarlet colored beast. 
Revelation 17 talks about. Amen. In this case, there's none that go up unto her return again. Neither take they hold of the path of life. That's why you better stay put. You better stay in the house of God. You better stay where the Word of God is preached. Because brothers and sisters, if you ever depart from that, don't think it's going to be easy to come back. It is very difficult to break free. Amen. You know, one thing is, you get a taste of the world. That's what happened to some, some, you know, I knew a parent in the Lord, known her for years. And her, she raised her kids in the church. And they didn't stay in the church. Some, one, I think one did, but the rest of them did, didn't. And you know what she told me? She told me, Pastor, he said, my son got a taste of the world. That's why it's important to make sure you put them in the right environment. Because if they ever get a taste of the world, it is hard to break free from that. In fact, the Bible says some people never make it back. It's not impossible. It's a general statement. Not ironclad. There's some that might be able to, but very rarely do people ever come back. For one reason, you know, the enemy uses shame against them. Makes them feel ashamed. You know. And people, man, let me tell you something, brother and sister. People will try to save face. They'll do anything to save face. but humble himself. Amen. So if you, you've got to walk with God today, you need to thank God for that walk. You need to praise God for that walk because, you know, because we all know that that old world out there is always trying to seduce us. Okay, we go for it. Boom, man, we're in the wraps of it. How are you going to break free? It's not as easy as you think. It is not as easy as you think. That's why if I'm wrong, I'd rather humble myself and say, I'm wrong. Tell God I'm wrong. Tell you I'm wrong. How are you going to break free when God said, none to go up unto her returning in? Neither take they hold of the paths of life. That's what God said. Well, I know better. I'm going to go do my own thing. I'll go where I want to go. You might not ever make it back. And if you don't make it back, you know what that means? You're going to be in hell. You're going to be in hell. Because there's only two paths. There's only two journeys. You can only take one of the two. And everybody here today is on one of those two journeys. Hallelujah. And it's a choice that you've made. You get off the wrong path and get on the... Get on the wrong, get off the right path, get on the wrong path. It's not easy to get off. Taste that world, man. The pleasures of sin for a season. Sin does have some pleasure to it. 
But I'm, I want to go to heaven. How about you? I want to go to heaven. Amen. What time is it? Nine ten. Hallelujah. I think probably the only thing that could do it is a miracle of redemption. You need a miracle of redemption. God can do it. Hallelujah. That thou mayest walk in the way of, of good men. So it's not just about having good sense and good social skills and how to live life. It's about being a good person. It's about fearing the Lord, having the right relationship with God. That's why that's the way all of these we get to Proverbs ten through thirty one, that's the way all those have to be interpreted. Not just practical living, but a son. A wise son maketh the father glad. What does that mean? Not that he just has good social skills. It means that the son is living for the Lord. And if they're not living for the Lord, it brings grief to the mother. What does that mean? It means that, you know, they're not wise because they're not living for the Lord. It brings grief to the mother. You have to interpret theologically. That's my point. Not just practically. So it says that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land and the perfect shall remain in it. The perfect, the wholehearted, wholehearted, not half-hearted people, but wholehearted people shall dwell in the land. Praise God. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. You look at history. God sent Assyria. Cut them down. Cut the tribes of Israel. Eleven tribes of Israel. Ten tribes of Israel down. Sent Babylon in. Cut two tribes down. Uprooted them. Took them into a foreign land. This is what the Word of God says. Do you want to get away from God? Do you want to get off the right path? Only to find that God's going to cut you down? And uproot you? That's what God says. That's not Pastor Carter saying. That's what the Word of God says. How many of y'all believe the Word of God? My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Amen. Going back to what he said in chapter 2, put that, put that word in the heart. A still small voice of God's Word is inside of you by the Holy Ghost. Get it deep inside. Don't let nothing get that out of your heart. Don't replace it with anybody or anything. The Word of God. Put it there. Don't forget it. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. How many of y'all believe that? Let not Mary... Mercy, excuse me, mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. Amen. How are you going to show that? Verse 3, let mercy and truth, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. How are you going to show that? It's by treating people right. Somebody said amen. You're by treating people right. You're going to seek the good of other people. Let me say something to y'all, brothers and sisters, okay? I love all of you. 
But we all have to be careful how we handle each other. As the brother said, Bishop preached, it was amazing. Just an amazing word. You have to be careful about how you handle people. The expressions that... I could preach to you a message, Lashon Harah. The evil tongue. Lashon Harah. And it would be longer than five minutes. Lashon Harah. And it would blow your mind how you could commit Lashon Harah, an evil tongue. And you have to be careful not just what you say to people, but how you say it. The look that you give them. Your interaction. Because you have to remember, my good brothers and sisters, that you and I can become a stumbling block to somebody in the church. To the point they don't even want to go to church anymore. Because when they go to church, they're not treated right. If you're that kind of person, you're a divisive person, you're a troublemaker, I'm going to tell you something. You're headed for trouble because you are becoming an offense to people who want to live for God and who want to go to church. And if you cause them to stumble and not want to be in the house of God because of something you said or did or did not do. It's not just about what we do. God requires action from us. It's not just about what we do. It's about what we don't do. Do you understand that? See, people think they're off the hook. You know? They may do certain things, but God says, Oh, you left some things undone that you should have done. You are in big trouble because you did not do what you were supposed to do. Do you know in the state of Texas, it is against the law for you not to render aid to somebody that is in need? You see somebody in a wreck on the side of the road? It is a law. You gotta pull over and see if you can render aid to them. If you, if you can't render, if you just keep on driving, they can charge you for that. It's not about just what you do. It's about what you don't do that should be required. Things that are required of you. Attitudes. Love. Talking to people right. Handling people right. It's extremely important. I don't want anybody to stumble and be lost or not go to church because of my actions. So I'm just telling you, you better be extremely careful with the way you handle people. Let mercy and truth not forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the tables of thine heart. See, that's what I was telling you earlier at the beginning of the service. You know, that action in that ski shop. Okay, you're frustrated or whatever, got upset because the guy couldn't get you equipped or whatever. But in your frustration, you didn't give a good witness. And not only did you not give a good witness to the shop owner, but you also caused somebody that may have wanted to do what was right to stumble. You better start thinking about what you're doing. I am not only responsible to you. Amen. 
to preach the Word of God, but I'm responsible to render aid to you, to help you. And so are you. Christianity is not just about, well, I go to church and I don't drink and I don't smoke. Well, good. But what do you do when you get to church? God is saying, there's a law in my kingdom. You are required to do something in my kingdom. Does it make sense? Make sure. I want to just tell you, I want to make sure I'm handling you right. Y'all pray for me to do so. Handle each other right. Okay? Say praise the Lord. Okay, so. We're fixing, next Sunday, we're fixing to uh, uh, put all the youth together. And y'all are going to be in that youth gym over there. And Sister Lori's going to uh, be over that. And so, but the thing that I want everybody to know is we're not going to have no fussing and fighting, laying hands on each other. Okay? Because if I hear any of that, any of that, you will not go in there the next Sunday. You will be in here. That should not be happening in Bible Center Fellowship in the kingdom of God. Do you understand the harm that you can do to somebody with the words you say or putting hands on them, laying hands on them? You keep your hands to yourself. I'm going to tell you, if that happens again, you're out. I'm putting you on the pew. Everybody's going to know why you're there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do we not anymore walk in discretion very softly and understand that, okay, i got people looking at me. They're watching me. They're watching my attitude. They're watching my spirit. And I'm supposed to represent Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God. You need to repent. God help me. I know there's times when I get frustrated and I don't always come across the way I should. Okay? And I get that. But you're in a group. Amen? So we need to pray. Let not mercy and truth forsake Thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the tables of your heart. The most important thing that you can do in the kingdom of God is desire the good of somebody else other than yourself. It's not about you. It's about somebody else. You got to put that in your children, and I got to put it in mine. Okay, but I want to tell you something, my good brothers and sisters, that a child doesn't learn how to be a racist on its own. They don't. They're taught it at home. You watch little kids; they don't care what color skin. The other kid's skin is. They'll get together. They'll play. They don't even care. But then all of a sudden, they start having a problem with different races. You know why? They learned it from home. That's not in the. That is not in the heart of a child. You got somebody that mistreats 
somebody else. Yeah, I know that fallen nature. You understand what I'm saying? We just need to get it under control. You'll learn it somewhere. You'll learn it somewhere. Praise the Lord, church. How many of y'all want mercy? You want mercy. You want truth bound around your neck. I do. Care about each other. Look at your name and say, I care about you. Man, brother, listen, you're the church. There, I know people in the world. I got one friend, okay, and I believe he will really do it. He's got the kind of heart. He's not even have the Holy Ghost as far as I know. But he's got the kind of heart. heart. He laid down his life for me. Now, I've had some people in the church tell me that, and they're not even here anymore. <laughs> okay? But I want to tell you something. I believe that, that this man that tells me that, he's, he's telling me the truth. I believe he would because that's the kind of person he is. Now, if you're in the kingdom of God, you start ought to start thinking about your brothers and sisters and trying to help them in, you know, promote the good in them instead of always being about you. You know what? God bless you. Forgive me, Jesus, but I got to talk to him. You know, what you should have done, you should say, oh, you're busy, sir. Sorry. Okay. Thank you. We'll just go down the street and we'll get help somewhere else. That's all you had to do. So, you know, hopefully the apology that was made was sufficient enough. Because when we go back, and I plan on going back, if he ever sees you guys again, say, you know, we put that to rest. We have to have mercy around our neck, man. I mean, we got to be, you know, come on, man. Got to consider each other. You got to look at the situation. And say, this is this is the situation, man. This guy doing the best he can. I'm gonna lash him, tongue lash him. I want mercy, don't you? <laughs> My speech be seasoned with salt. Let me let me speak a, a word, a fitly a word fitly spoken is like a pitcher of golden apples. It's important, man. We got too much, you know, conflict, you know, and disturbance and disruption. What is that about? You should I know, okay. So I have mercy on you. You know what it's about? Really, a lot of it's just immaturity. There are mercy on you. Mercy on you, some immaturity. Okay. We just need to grow up, don't we? And we need to act our age, don't we? <laughs> Look at your name and say, I'm going to seek your good. I'm going to seek your good, brother Jonathan. I'm going to seek your good, brother Timothy. I'm going to tell you something, everybody here. I'm going to seek your good. I'm seeking your good right now. And I know you want to go home and go to bed. And so I'm fixed to seek your good and let you go. But <laughs> You're thinking about good, Pastor. Let me go home. Get it. 
afternoon at work in the morning. <laughs> I didn't know you was going to go to chapter 3. I didn't tell you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know that I know that was a big bridge for some of y'all to cross over. When I jump into chapter, they go, oh. the guy's still going. I heard keys are rattling. We get to go home, babe. We get to go home. He keeps going. You know what I mean? I know. I've been there, man. I know what it's like. I've sat on the pew before. You know, I've been there. Amen. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Praise the Lord. How many of y'all want God's favor in your life? That's the goal, isn't it not? To have God's favor. I want God's favor. Hallelujah. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Don't replace God's wisdom with your own. Come on, man. It's so easy to do. You know. That's a real famous proverb right there. Trust in the Lord. Say, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. Trust is the key, man. It is the key. Trust. Do you trust God? Don't just say you trust Him. Do you really trust Him? I trust God. Mm, man, sometimes it gets hard. But I trust God. Job said, though He slay me, yet shall I trust Him. He can kill me, but I'm going to trust Him. That's the sinner, man. Trusting God. How many of y'all trust God today? Some of you haven't been on this journey in life very long. Some of you have been on it a long time. Trusting in God is important. It's the key, man. Hallelujah. Okay. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. I'm going to walk in. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Amen. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Don't owe too much confidence in yourself. Don't trust yourself. We all make mistakes. But trust God. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. You know what the wisdom of God, living for God is like? It's vital to you. A navel, that umbilical cord that's connected to the baby inside of the womb. It's its source of life. That umbilical cord, through it comes the nourishment that keeps it alive. Without it, there's no blood flow to that baby. And God said that's the way His Word is to you. It's like, a, like the navel, the umbilical cord that's sending nourishment and blood to you, life to you. God looks at you and me as His dear children. He cares that we have nourishment and blood in our life. It's the Word of God. It's going to be like, it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. It's, you'll be moisture. There'll be moisture. You won't be drying up. There'll be moisture and strength in your life. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thy increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. God's telling you, honor God with your give, give, give. It's Bible to give. 
first fruits, the substance, your increase. Amen. God said, I'll fill your barns with plenty. Your presence shall burst out with new wine. I'm satisfied. I said, I'm satisfied. It's not about how much money you got. It's about are you satisfied with what you have? If it comes from God, you'll be satisfied. You understand what I'm telling you? If it comes from God, you'll be satisfied. God will not withhold any good thing from them that love Him. If it's good for you, He's not going to hold it back from you. He wants you to be blessed. Give your substance. Trust Him. Trust Him with your finance. So shall thy burns be filled with plenty. Thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of His correction. All of these things are simply a father telling his son, stay off that foolish road and stay on the right path. To us, speaking to us, if God corrects us, don't despise that correction. Amen. You correct some people, man, they get all offended, they get upset, they get mad. You know what God is saying? When God comes and corrects you, don't rebel against it. Accept God's correction. There's too much rebellion in our hearts. Don't rebel when God corrects you. Jesus, I receive it. For whom the Lord loveth, He correcteth, even as a father the son in whom He delighteth. If a father ever stops correcting you, you are in trouble. A father corrects you for your benefit, not His. If he leads you alone, that means He can't do anything with you. Throw up His hands. Amen. Happy is the man. Say happy. happy. You want to, how many want to be happy? Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. I believe the word of God. And the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. You can traffic in so many things. You can trade in so many things. He said it's better if you traffic in wisdom than for even trading in gold and silver. Man, it's amazing. She is more precious than rubies and all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand. And in her left hand, riches and honor. This is where I'll stop. Please stand. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. The left hand in the Word of God is a picture of the world. The right hand in the Word of God is a picture of heaven. And God says, if you are a person who walks in the wisdom of God, it will literally Lengthen your days. If you listen to what the Word of God says, you can actually live longer. You can prolong your days. Or you can also shorten your days. You know, you can shorten your days through drugs. 
smoking, drinking. People shorten their days. They don't take care of themselves. They don't eat right. Your body and my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. If we walk by the Word of God, you'll lengthen your day. You can shorten your days or you can lengthen your days. You'll live by the Word of God. And God says, I'll give you the wealth of the world. And I'll give you heaven. And God's wisdom is so powerful when it comes. God's wisdom is so awesome when it comes. It can bring heaven into your world. And it can cause life to come out of death. Lengthen your days. It's powerful. The Word of God is powerful. It has the ability to, to prolong life. Extend your days. It's how powerful it is. Heaven and earth kiss. God said, I'll give you the wealth of the world and I'll give you eternal life heaven because the Word of God is preached and you received and you responded to it. And I want to walk in the promises that God has given us. Amen? Lengthen my days. Do you understand? I'm about to share this with you and I'm so happy I got this wisdom today. Okay? So happy. I am so happy. You don't, I can't tell you how happy I am because I found out some things today. The Jews say that from 60 to 70 years of age is the commencement of old age. Okay, 60 to 70. So I'm 55. And I haven't even started getting old. Did you hear that, Troy? Did you hear that? Okay. I'm going to repeat it. The Jews say 60 to 70 years of age is that's when 60 to 70 is when old age starts. And I'm 55. So you can't say I'm old anymore. Okay? And all you people want to call me old, you old man. I'm not old yet till I get 60. And, it, and that's only when it starts. And then 70 to 80, amen, is the Hoary hair, old age. That means silver-headed. It's 70 to 80. Say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is what the Jews say. And then 80 on means you're well stricken in years. And the Bible says, <laughs> Abraham was well stricken in years. Thank God we have a promise God gives us. So I'm going to go by that. I'm going to go by what the Jews say is old. Not by what Troy says. The other day he said, Pastor, you want to sit down? I know your legs are old. You're getting tired. You want to sit down? <laughs> he's, he's, he's watching out for this old man. I appreciate it, Troy. But I, learned, I got wisdom today. I'm not old. Hallelujah. I still got five years, five years until it starts. But you know what's awesome? Is the Word of God is going to lengthen my days. I believe that. And I was sitting in, in Zambia, a hotel in Zambia. The two people, servants of God, came up to me. I'd never met them in my life. Never met them in my life. They just came, they sat down with me, and God gave them discernment that I was a servant of God. And they prophesied to me. Said, you have long days. 
Wrong days. Length of days. He said, I receive that in Jesus' name. Say praise the Lord. God is good. I want to walk in the wisdom of the Lord. How many of y'all want to live a long and prosperous life? Then live for the Lord. Stay on His path. Live by His Word. Follow the wisdom of God Almighty. I love all of you. Father, we come before you right now. We ask your blessing to rest upon each and every person here today. And we give you all the glory and the honor. We thank you for the Word that you have given us. And Lord, we choose to walk in that. Let us increase in that wisdom and understanding. In Jesus' name we pray.